Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this. Turn up the volume and let's go. Good morning, everybody, north and south. Let's give it to Jesus today. Let's give him praise and thanks. I'm so glad you're here. I want to welcome you wherever you're at, north, south, online, and soon to be east. You're sitting in a miracle. God is doing big things, real things, powerful things in this city, in this church, and I'm glad that you're a part of it. And just welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Now, I have a message that I've been itching to speak to you all week long, and so I just want to get started. Is that okay? Can we get to work? Okay, this is the parable of the ten virgins. It is about the coming of the Lord Jesus, and that's my topic for today. Uh, The Bible tells us, and I'm going to bring a bunch of scripture, then some uh, items that I want to share with you, so pay attention to the scriptures. It all builds on each other. We're going somewhere. Matthew 24. The reading of the word of God in a world full of lies is so important. The hearing of the word of God is so important in a world full of lies. Matthew 24 and 44 says, Therefore... You must also be ready for the Son of Man, that is Jesus Christ our Lord, is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is a warning and it is a reality for all of us, okay, that when Jesus returns, many people will not be expecting it. And then we go into more of Jesus' instruction, and it's going to be mostly from Matthew 24 and 25 today, about what things will be like what expectation will be, the hearts of people, the events around us, Matthew 24 and 3 says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? There will be a coming of the Lord and there will be an end of this age. The trumpet of the Lord will sound and time will be no more and the dead in Christ will rise first. This is the hope of the believer. We have forgiveness and fellowship with God here on earth through his Holy Spirit, but we're not staying here. One day, Jesus will return and we will meet him in the air. And my heart is looking for that day and hungry for that hour. Verse four, and Jesus answered, see that no one leads you astray. There is great deception in the land. There will be even heightened deception in the land. The agenda of the spirit of Antichrist is to move the whole earth toward his objective of being the sole focus of the worship of men. In that, the Bible tells us, the spirit of Antichrist in the earth is moving us toward one world government. One world economic system, moving us toward a one world religion. Know that the restraining force in the earth is the church of Jesus Christ. We keep the spirit of darkness. We keep the Antichrist at bay as long as we're here. Jesus answers so that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, the height of deception, claiming to speak for Christ and lying about it. Come in my name saying... I am the Christ, and again, they'll lead many astray, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Expect it. Don't be 
fearful, be hopeful. Don't hear about the things I'm going to tell you about today and get afraid unless you're not ready. If you're ready to meet Jesus, it is our hope that our King will return for us. This earth is not my home. This place that we live in is not forever, people. We have a whole other kingdom that we're really a part of, the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. All right. And so uh, this must take place, but the end is not yet. Verse 7, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are but the beginning of the birth pains. And so we see a picture that Jesus paints in the last days of increasing chaos in the earth. Anybody feel like the world's getting more chaotic? Be hopeful. Know that our king is going to return. There is one event that has shaped the entire uh, viewpoint of those that would study and look at the coming of the Lord through Scripture. One event so momentous One event so important that it cannot be denied. It is the rebirth of the nation state of Israel. Now, I'm not making judgment calls on the righteousness of their decisions or any of that. I'm saying the establishment and reestablishment of the nation of Israel is a central and important part of what God has defined as how this world we're living in is going to wrap up. Because Israel, the nation state of Israel being reestablished in Jerusalem is God's time clock. It's God's time clock. God tells time regarding the end of the age according to Israel, the nation state. Matthew 24 and 32 is talking about the nation of Israel. In Jeremiah uh, 24 of his book, over and over again, the nation of Israel is referred to as a fig tree. And so Jesus is talking to, or about figs, Jesus is talking to his followers here and he gives them a lesson from the fig tree. Verse 32, it says this, remember the fig tree is Israel. The fig tree here is Israel. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. Summer is the end. Okay? The fig tree is Israel. Israel was not a nation state for thousands of years. It was for thousands of years. And then in 70 AD, it was overrun, and it was not reestablished again until God did it in one day. May 14th, 1948, in one day, the nation of Israel was reestablished. If you're younger, we've always had Israel. But my my wife's grandpa and his great-grandfather were students of Bible prophecy, and when Israel was reestablished as a nation-state, they were losing their minds. They were unbelievably excited because nobody thought it could happen, but it happened in one day. How many of you know God can turn anything around in one day? Amen. One day. So May 14th, 1948. That's an important date to remember when you're looking at Bible prophecy, okay? 
It says this, um, 33, so also when you see the reestablishment of the nation of Israel, when you see these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. God is near at the very gates. God is near at the very gates. And here is what will really awaken you to this truth. Truly I say unto you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. A generation, a generation that sees the rebirth of God's covenant through Abraham, through the nation state of Israel. May 14th, 1948. Do you realize with me that we are 74 years and 8 days since the return of the, the Jewish people to their homeland? We're 74 years and 8 days. The Bible says this generation will not pass. And so the people that were born on May 14th, 1948 are 74 years old in eight days. I don't know how long a generation is. I can throw guesses at it, but I can tell you that time is near. Time is near. One day, God regathered his people that he had covenant with through Abraham and reestablished that nation. Israel is the only nation to be born twice. Israel is the only nation to be born twice. Nobody thought it could happen, but it happened in one day. Here is some prophecy regarding that reestablishment. Isaiah 11, 11 says this. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time. He's talking about what he did in 1948. I'll extend my hand a second time to recover the remnant, the remnant of his people through the covenant he had with Abraham that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Path Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He will raise up a signal for the nations and he will assemble the banished of Israel. The Bible is a book that is not just good advice for living your life. It's a book of prophecy that foretells the future. And so, I will gather the dispersed of Judah. That's a portion of the Israeli people or the, the, the people that are Jewish from the four corners of the earth. The Bible also tells how Israel would be reestablished in a miraculous and crazy quick manner. I can't, America, you know, we celebrate July 4th, 1776, but it was a long process. But all of a sudden, Israel was born in one day. It says this, how quickly it would happen in Isaiah 66 and 7. Before the birth pains begin, think about how childbirth happens. You have the pain, you have the, 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 the contractions, you have the warnings that come from it. And then all of it, you know, through the, the, the process, whether long or short, great pain in birth, it says before the birth pains even begin, Jerusalem gives birth to a son. Very, very quickly, the Bible tells us, who has ever heard or seen anything as strange as this? Who has ever heard of a thing 
has a nation ever been born in a single day? And when you would read that prior to 1948, you'd be like, no, nah, it's never happened. But it happened because the book said it happened. It happened because the book said it would happen. If the Bible says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. All right? Has the country ever come forth in a mere moment? But by the time Jerusalem's birth pains begin, her children will be born. This is the reestablishment of the nation state of Israel. It is an unusual situation. So that brings us to where we're at right now in May of 2022. Russia has invaded Ukraine. President Biden said it's the largest invasion since World War II. Interesting. Not a direct fulfillment of anything in prophecy. But it shows us how the stage again is being set for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think all these churches are around here because all the people are stupid? Do you think Christianity is so widespread in our nation because people will fall for fables? No. Jesus is alive. He transforms hearts. He works miracles in people's lives. His word is real. And he's coming again. And so this helps. This, this, this Russia-Ukrainian invasion gives us a little bit of an insight toward an event in Bible prophecy that has not happened yet. And it is one of the events that I believe we as the church might see. It's an event that we as the church might see. I could be wrong, but I do this for a living. And I think there's a good chance we'll see it. It's prophesied about in Ezekiel 38, 39. It is called in Bible prophecy the Gog-Magog War. The interesting thing about this war is it involves nations that we can identify today based upon their historical names. So I'm going to read it to you and you're going to pay rapt attention. Ezekiel 38 and 1. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face toward Gog, the land of Magog. That is Russia. The chief priest of Meshach and Tubal, that's Turkey. Prophesy against him and say, I think it's Turkey, it's somewhere up there. In that area. Prophesy against him and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn you about and put hooks in your jaws, and I'll bring you out, and all your horses, army and horsemen, all of them buckler and shield, wielding swords. Persia, that's Iran. Cush, that's, that's usually Ethiopia. And put, I can't remember that one, but it's North Africa, with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his hordes, Beth took Amara from the uttermost parts of the north with all his hordes. Many people are with you. I have a picture of what that war will look like. You see Rosh and, 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 and Meshach and Tubal, Gomer, Persia, put Ethiopia. Not sure how they play into it, but time will tell. But anyway, it says these nation states will join with Russia, and will march against Jerusalem. It always shocked me when I would read this that Syria and Iraq were not mentioned because at the time, leave it back up there, they are and were super intense haters of Israel, and yet today they're wastelands with no government. 
so they can't get really organized, all right? So we're going to see at some point, I think we might be with Jesus, I don't know, but we're going to see strategically the alignment of Iran and Russia. That did not exist for many years. It exists now. They're aligned. In the latest uh, section of, of sanctions, Iran and Russia still maintained their own kind of negotiations and trade and all this kind of thing. There is something that's going to happen that is not the Battle of Armageddon that will look like this and it's never happened before. Okay, leave it on the screen. Now I'm going to read to you verse 10 of Ezekiel 38. Thus says the Lord God on that day, and he's speaking of Maybe Putin, maybe somebody else, I don't know. But he's saying, thoughts will come into your mind and you'll devise up an evil scheme and say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. This used to frustrate me because it would be like, Israel has walls all over it. Israel has walls everywhere. But it, but it seems like it's saying within their cities, there's great peace and there is. And there is, I will fall upon the quiet people who dwell securely, all of them dwelling without walls and having no bars or gates, two seals to seize spoil and carry off plunder. That used to frustrate me in reading it because it seemed so far off because Israel had no spoil or plunder. There was nothing in Israel that anybody wanted. Their irrigation systems, their microchips, nobody's going to invade over that. But Golda Meir, the first ambassador or first prime minister of Israel, said this. She said, Moses, put it on the screen, it's the picture of the lady. Moses gathered us and carried us, Golda Meir, gathered us across the nation. Now, let me tell you something that we Israelis have against Moses. He took us 40 years through the desert in order to bring us to the one spot in the Middle East that has no oil. So the idea that people would attack Israel, for plunder and spoil, the King James says plunder and booty. It's a little bit like what, why, I don't understand. The Bible then goes on to say this in, in verse 18. But on that day that Gog shall come against my land of Israel, declares the Lord God, my wrath will be roused in my anger. For in my jealousy and my blazing wrath, I declare on that day there shall be great, a great earthquake in the land of Israel, the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and the beasts of the field, and all creeping things that creep on the ground. All the people who are on the face of the earth shall quake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down. The cliffs shall fall. Every wall shall tumble to the ground. I'll summon the sword against God. On all my mountains, declares the Lord God, every man's sword will be against his brother. With pestilence and bloodshed, I'll enter into judgment with him. And it goes on. God is saying on that day, I am going to do supernatural things to defend Israel. To defend my covenant with Abraham. It is a unique thing. So, I want to give you one little insight about the times we're living in. Put the idea of Russia, number three. Russia is a bad neighbor. Now, Russia has lots of resources, and the world depends on them. Our steel has spiked. They supply a lot of natural gas, the biggest natural gas reserves in the world. But the, 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 the European Union is saying, uh, Russia, gas halt, 
Blackmail is, and they're working on a response, okay? Russia is a bad neighbor when it comes to supplying their customers, other nation states, with natural gas. And so, what has happened because Russia is blackmailing the people around them? Well, number six, here's what's happening. This is a shocker to me. Israel is ramping up gas output and looks to help supply Europe. Uh-oh. In the last 10 or 20 years, two major natural gas reserves under the Mediterranean Sea have been found off of Israel. Nobody would help them mine it or whatever you drill for it except this one little company in Texas called Noble Energy. And they went into the Mediterranean Sea and have found massive stores of natural gas that now because Israel is the only non-ally with Russia when trouble comes Israel is ramping up gas output to push back against Russia I'm, I'm yelling this because it, I feel that I feel a, a sense of Jesus just awakening his church to the the times we're living in they're the they're the only capable non-Iranian Russian Arab ally to supply energy now. Notice that Gog will invade for plunder and booty, for plunder and spoil. I see a potential motive. Now, Iran and the, 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 the Muslim nations don't need a new reason to hate Israel. Iran's stated claim is we want to build a nuclear bomb to wipe Israel off the map. And that's what they're working toward. Let's put, let's put 4A and B up if we can. This is what Iran has been up to. Iran, right now, this is from like two days ago, okay? Iran is weeks away from acquiring materials for their first nuclear weapon, Israeli defense. Israeli defense. Their enemies are saying... They're very close. The next one says, the White House says, Iran is a few weeks or less from a bomb breakout. I promise you, leave it up there, if Israel knows that Iran is going to have the instruments and ingredients for a bomb, they will not ask anybody. They will not check in with anybody. They won't tell anybody. They will go bomb Iran to stop it. This is going to cause great, great, Great unrest in the region amongst the Arab nations. This will cause the diplomatic community that already hates Israel to give their blessing on or look the other way to a possible invasion of Israel. And then, the next one, this is what's happening right now. The next one, number seven. Israel's conducting massive military drills Simulating, this is from 518, simulating an attack on Iran's nuclear sites. So let me just say what I, can, I think could happen. I think that Russia is being strung out on its invasion of Ukraine. They need more people to join them, and they, they, they're hungry for relevance. They have the blessing of China. They have the cooperation of Iran, I think that if Iran gets nukes, Israel bombs them. 
the time clock on the Gog-Magog war may intensify super quickly. But, but here's what they want us to be focused on. All right now, this is what they want us to be focused on. This is uh, Johnny Depp details allegations of a severed fingertip. Poop in the bed! Poop in the bed! During a testimony at the defamation trial against Amber Heard. This is what they want us to be thinking about. But Jesus, Jesus is just closer. I don't think that we have, I don't, I'm not trying to be goofy or scary and I'm not doing anything different. I'm still going to smile and shake your hand, but I think, you know, 10 years. The generation won't pass. How long is the generation? You know how many people that live past 80? How many? Many? How many people do you know that live past 90? Like that, that's, that's eight to 10 years where we're getting into that. And, and, and I'm not trying to be a kook or a wackle. I'm not advocating you go buy tan, a canned goods and live on beans and rice. I'm saying we got to be ready for his return. We got to be ready and not playing games. And that's where the, the, parable, the parable sends us this warning. And this is the heart of my message. Matthew 25, verse 1 says the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins or bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Now, how many, I was at a wedding yesterday. Listen, it's, it's, it's all important. Anybody ever been a bride in this house? Put your hand down, sir. Anybody been a bride? <laughs> I'm joking. It, it's all important from the centerpieces to the, to the, to the, to the napkin wear to the plating of the food, to the, to the everything's important at a wedding. And so this is an important event. The, the bridesmaids and, and, and were going to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. They weren't sinful. They were just foolish. And five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. These lamps are oil burning lamps. They did not have electricity in Bible days. So they would burn oil for light. Okay. So these lamps needed to be prepared to greet the bridegroom. They must have been greeting him at night. They needed lamps. So five were wives, five were foolish. Jesus is going to teach us a lesson. They were presumably all together in a waiting area. They knew he was coming back, but Jesus says foolish people don't have enough oil to keep their lamp lit when he returns. The oil is Holy Spirit. The oil is preparation. The oil is expectation. I am calling on us to have the oil of Holy Spirit, the oil of preparation, the oil of expectation in our souls because it really stinks to be unprepared for something you know is coming. How many of y'all showed up for class and it's testing? Like, what? We have a test? What? 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 It's a bad feeling. Like, like, what happens when you get a bill that you didn't budget correctly for? They messed up my escrow on my, 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 my mortgage this week. They spiked it by 40%. I got, that, I got that statement in the mail. I was like, oh, I rebuke you, devil, you're alive. <laughs> Called them and told them, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Worked it out, thank God. The five foolish bridesmaids knew they needed to be ready to meet the groom when he came. They knew he could come at any time. 
Maybe they thought they'd figure it out or they'd, they'd wing it or that they'd borrow the oil if they needed it when he was coming down the road. That is a foolish way of thinking, Jesus tells us. When it comes to, be, when it comes to us being ready to meet Jesus, you need to be ready. Don't play with sin. Don't play with ungodliness. Don't play with hell. You need to be ready to meet Jesus when he returns. Well, I got time. You know, I'll get, I'll get things right with God later. My grandpa, Alton Keith, used to say, well, if I go to hell, I'll just move a few rows back from the furnace. Well, I'm in college. I want to live it up. I need to do the stinky leg. I do. I need to get jiggy with it. Come on, young people. You know what getting jiggy means in this evil day. I need to teach them how to duggy. I want to live it up. And I'll get serious about God later. I'm single or I'm young or my, my grandparents uh, my grandparents, you know, they lived into their 80s. I got plenty of time. I need to get my family situated right. We're trying to start a career. Or once I, you know, we're having, we're going, we're having a baby, so I'm taking, you know, two years off. Or, or once I get more money, wait till I get my money right. Oh, I'll serve God once I get my money right. Or my grandmother is a believer in Jesus, and my dad is a pastor, and so... My wife prays for me, so I'm covered. Or I'll give my life to God, but not every part of it. You know, he can have my Sundays and my meal times and my bedtimes and my holidays, but he can't have my, my calendar, my hobbies, my career, my mouth, my money, or my special little pet sin. Or I'm young, I got time. Time to be prepared is now. Time to be prepared for the coming of the Lord is now. Life is here today, gone tomorrow. I don't know what's happened, but I got in the mirror, which I don't like to do, but I got in the mirror, and the gray hair keeps coming. I started pastoring this church at 22, double deuces. Pastoring, I wasn't the pastor, I was a pastor at 22 in this great church. No gray hair, the gray hair keeps coming. And I never thought it would happen to me, but here it goes. You can't, you can't think that you're somehow exempt to the tick, tick, ticking of life. You can't borrow or live on your grandma's faith. Your faith is your responsibility. And the time to be ready and alert and awake is now. This is important. We think that because God hasn't come back, delayed promises you know, have, have changed his timing. Not so. Verse 5, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. As the bridegroom was delayed, they became drowsy and slept. Don't lose your eye looking to the sky for heaven. You really want to freak yourself out, get on YouTube. Right, I'm going to finish. And just Google strange sky. The Bible tells us there'll be signs in the heavens when we get closer to the coming of the Lord. And there's enough YouTube videos I could scare us all into a compound if I wanted to. Not gonna. Not passing out drinks. 
But seriously, we're living in the last days. And there will be a great falling away, the Bible says. Luke 18 and 8, Jesus says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will people believe in him when he returns? You'll be chasing your political agenda, won't you? You'll be dividing people over those that would like to manipulate you. The church is reconciled. The church is covered by the blood. The church is loving and diverse and welcoming. Divide, divide, divide. No, sir. Are we ready for the return of Jesus Christ right now? If the trumpet sounded, the dead in Christ rose, as the Bible says, and we're caught up together to meet him in the air. Are we ready for that? Because Jesus is coming again. Bible says, verse 6, but at midnight, there was a cry. He told us he's not coming when we expect it. He said, I'm not coming when you're expecting it. I'm coming when you don't expect it. And he arrived at midnight. There was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. And all 10 of them went out to meet the bridegroom. And all 10 went out, I'm sure, with excitement to see him. I mean, they've been waiting for a year to meet this guy. But only half of them were prepared to meet him with oil in their lamp. Verse 7. Then all those virgins, those are bridesmaids, rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, Go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. While they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. The door was shut. And afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say unto you, I do not know you. This is the word we need to hear. It's not a threat. It's a warning and a reminder that there is a day that Jesus will come for us and he's telling us to be weary and leery of the attitude that says, where is Christ coming? Where is Christ coming? Is he coming really? Like, like he is coming back in the moment, the Bible says. Everybody in the, in the house, blink your eye. Come on, Southside, blink. The Bible says in the twinkling of an eye. The twinkling of an eye, the Lord will return that quick. That quick. He's coming back. And that groom in the story rejects the foolish bridesmaids who aren't ready. You got to have a relationship with God for yourself. We're depending on the grace of God. We're so thankful for the forgiveness of God. But one thing God, God doesn't extend grace to and one thing God doesn't forgive is those that just neglect and walk away from him. There's no relationship there. How can you forgive one that you're not in? You've got to have your own relationship with God. And hear me right now. God does not have grandkids or stepchildren. God does not have grandkids or stepchildren. You're all a part of his family. Your first, first rights, first, first connection. 
So I'm calling you to devotion. I'm calling you to the word of God. I'm calling you to prayer. I'm calling you to the disciplines that produce godly living in our life. Submission to the scriptures. Dedication is the act of wholeheartedly committing yourself to the cause of Christ that is so much greater than yourself. Our teams have never quite recovered from COVID because many of us have decided I have too many needs to serve others. And that's a trick of the enemy to keep you from ever healing. And if you're carrying bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart, it's time to deal with it and heal from it. It's time to give costly forgiveness. Not that they deserve it, but because you need it. I'm excited for the coming of the Lord. I don't know when it's coming, but I think it's soon. And I'm not a wacko. I've been consistent in this city for years and years. I think we're close to the coming of the Lord. It could be 10 years. That's close. It could be 20 years. That's close. It could be today. That's close. The early church believed in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus, and we should too. Let's be busy being close to our Lord Jesus because time is short and Jesus is to return. There's some people under the sound of my voice today that need to repent and rededicate their lives. There's some people in this house that need to quit playing games with God and surrender your heart to him. There's some people in this house that need to understand we're living in the last days and now's not the time to walk away from God, to, to, to take a break, I'm taking a break. Oh, take a break. That was what the foolish, that's what the foolish bridesmaids did. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord Jesus, your word is true. We have an understanding of the times and know what to do. We trust you, Lord Jesus, and we look to you. And Lord, we voice out our soul dependence on you. Our soul depends on you. Our heart depends on you. Lord, I have so few answers. I look to you for answers. I look to you for help and strength. I want everybody in the room to pray this with me. Prayer of repentance and faith toward him. It's the beginning of everything and it's the moment when God gives you his, his great forgiveness and salvation. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.